Hey everybody, Chuck and Stacy here with VO Buzz Weekly. We're back! Yay! <laughs> Stacy, what's happening today? Well, I am so honored to be represented by CESD Talent. Yes. And today you are. we have the co-owner of CESD, the head of the Los Angeles division, Paul Doherty. So we're gonna get some amazing, amazing insights for you guys. And you know what? Take it, use it, and run with it, right? Absolutely. Everything agent right here, right now. Let's get buzzed. Turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to Feel Buzz Weekly. Weekly. And now, prepare to get seriously buzzed with your hosts, Chuck Duran and Stacey J. Aswan. Guys, our guest is the co-owner of the powerhouse bi-coastal agency, Cunningham, Escott, Slevin, and Doherty. He is the head of the Los Angeles division of CESD, and he is totally awesome. We are so honored to have with us today, Paul Doherty. Paul Doherty. You are too kind. No, we're not. We're right here. Thank you. Thank Everybody's you so, so nice on this show, and you have the best of voiceover, which is kind of the highlight uh, of watching this show. Finally, uh, people get to see who's doing the voices. I know. And it's how incredible. they do it, and why. And how you do it? Well, well I'll tell you none what. of us would have great careers were it not for great Absolutely. representation. And, and Thank what a you huge for that. You know, to us that sure. you actually have seen the show. Yes. Somebody yes. <laughs> of your stature, I should say, hey, I'm going to watch a little VO Buzz Weekly here. Uh, look, I, I would watch June Foray and Long Day's Journey in tonight. So, <laughs> yes. uh, in fact, she's in it now at the Geffen. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> That's a long day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you have you learned anything about people that you've known for, for a long time? Chuck found that when he knew a lot of people, but when we sat in right. this setting, he's like, I didn't know that about him or her. I don't know if he was knowing anything. Uh, so many of them I know, they're so personable and fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the, the thing I've enjoyed in all the years I've been in voiceover, uh, which is, uh, well, we're in 2017, so at the end of this year, it will be uh, 32 years. Wow. wow. And it's been uh, sitting around and enjoying and representing and liking the rank on tours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when mm -hmm. I came into the trade, uh, back in the black and white era. Uh, it was a lot of the character actors you see on those old black and white uh, sitcoms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, now today, uh, with the contemporary stars, the contemporary people in uh, voicing animation and other commercials, it's still that same wonderful kind of joyous feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At times, sure, there's you know professional jealousies and some other stuff. Absolutely. But for the most part, I always get there's a nice camaraderie. Yeah, it's a good tribe. People enjoy being with each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially yeah. in animation. Yeah. For well, sure. Exactly. You gotta you gotta be willing to have some serious fun. Yeah. You're gonna do animation. You, you can't be a I'm, stick in the do. mud. I'm wondering. But if right now, take... it's about you. Absolutely. Oh. I'm wondering if we could take Paul like way back. We're, ta we're going, we're like going, way this back. is your oh. life. So, oh, please. And I, I hope I got this right. <laughs> enough so, going through he's like, once. I Don't forgot I have a meeting I have to get to. <laughs> so, so, so you went from interning at a radio station as a teenager. That is correct. Yes. Okay. To co-owning one of the biggest agencies, bi-coastal agencies in the world. And I know there's a lot there, yes. but... Uh, like, how did you do that? How did it go from there to like where you are today? What were some major some uh, highlights boy. of you know, the I used, story? My mother, rest in peace, used to always say, honey, one day we're going to hit the number. We're going to hit the number. Uh -huh. And we were not number hitters. Nobody ever won the New Jersey lottery in my right, family. Right. Uh, but I've realized that I really hit a number, in a way, uh, all these years in this trade. Mm -hmm. And I've been very fortunate 
a lot of its right place at the right time, and the willingness to work 24-7, especially in my trade. Of course. Uh, you really have to have that level of devotion. You're not watching a clock. Uh, uh, sometimes family <laughs> doesn't always get taken care of immediately. Uh, but there's great satisfaction when you see someone come along who is brand new, uh, has always wanted to do this, and uh, somehow you're a part of the uh, process of getting that out there, mm -hmm. working with it in the office booth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's been the joy of these last uh, 32 years just in voiceover. Right. Uh, I've been in representation now for almost 38 years uh, after I left uh, the radio uh, at the ripe old age of 18, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. What were you doing in radio, though? Uh, there was a, uh, I went to a little regional high school. Uh -huh. My mother and father didn't want me to go to because it was way too expensive, but I talked them into it because they said to me uh, at the school, the guidance counselors and the principal, uh, you want to go into radio, which uh, a friend of mine and I did. We were in the eighth grade together. And uh, they said, we'll try to get you an internship at the local radio okay. station. I'll be damned for the tuition. They did. Yeah. And uh, I worked there for the four years I was in high school. Wow. And uh, we just found, you know, a little tiny 500-watt radio station in the middle of New Jersey uh, where you could kind of do anything or have the opportunity to do anything. And uh, I was given the chance uh, to do a, a little weekly program about local community theaters, sort of, you know, waiting for Guffman players. Right, yeah. right. And uh, it was a great help to me because when I, here I am 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, I'm interviewing uh, grown-ups. Uh, occasionally you'd have some celebrity or semi-celebrity passing through doing a play in one of the bigger towns. Um, God, at one point, about 40 years ago, we uh, interviewed Liberace, who was appearing in New oh, Jersey. Wow. wow. So uh, just memorable. having that unique experience. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Top that. Can't. Uh, <laughs> and he has since influenced your fashion sense and home Apparently, decor. yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I assume it was the lights you didn't want me wearing the sequins in here. <laughs> yes. I can't even Gets play chopsticks on the piano. You know? <laughs> uh, but from there, uh, uh, I thought, well, I could move on to the big world, and New York was only uh, 30 miles away. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but I realized in about approximately 10 minutes, I didn't know uh, what in the hell I was doing about anything. And um, my mother, who was a, uh, not a showbiz person, she was a very simple, decent person, uh, gave me the best advice I ever got, when I look back now, mm. which was, well, you want to go into the to show business if you're going to be a radio person or something, why don't you try to get a job in the business? Right. Mm -hmm. Where you're there, whatever the job is, whatever it pays, doesn't really matter. You're there. Even if you wind up still wanting to be a performer, you at least have some background. Yeah. Right. Well, I was very lucky uh, that uh, um, actually a cousin of mine had a friend who ran a management firm, uh, managed, I don't know, about 15 character actors and uh, on soap operas and Broadway plays. And I went to work for her for five years. And, you know, one minute I'm standing on the street, uh, nobody. And the next minute uh, there are major, at that time, Broadway producers calling for her. Mm -hmm. So I knew immediately, even for the, you know, nickel and dimes I was getting in salary, yeah. that it didn't matter. I should have been paying them. Right, it's uh, the right place. For this chance. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I wouldn't be able to talk to these people even as a, a go-between mm -hmm. uh, prior to that happening. So I learned really early on that uh, uh, if I was going to go anywhere, it was going to be through deeds and through uh, taking the available coin mm -hmm. and making the most of it, mm -hmm. which is what I did. Beautiful. And I was lucky enough after uh, five years there to, uh, uh, the job wasn't going anywhere. New York was wonderful, but the job wasn't. And uh, a casting director who we used to get theater tickets for was in New York from here. And I told her that, you know, this is really not going anywhere. And she said, have you ever thought of coming to California? Well, I, I don't know if, if uh, I crossed the Delaware more than 10 times <laughs> yeah. in my life, <laughs> let alone grow up in the yeah. Mississippi. California. <laughs> California? With all the weirdos? And the freeways and everything. Yeah. So, yes. So I came out for two weeks uh, in, right after the Olympics in 1984. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make the most of, of this chance. I was only 24 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I thought, when I come here, I'm just going to kind of take my time. And uh, I've certainly, one thing I'll never do is work at a commercial agency. Oops. That only lasted a few weeks because the jobs that I had heard about when I had been here uh, just after the Olympics had all been filled and nothing was available now. Uh, yeah. And this was uh, right after Halloween. And uh, I was holding on for a couple of weeks, had some dental problems. Uh, fortunately, I was very lucky to wind up with a good place to live yeah. and a car. And uh, I called an agent, a theatrical agent we did business with in New York, who was based here. And I said, hi, Jim, how are you? Oh, Paul, how have you been? I said, you know, I don't work with Yvette. Yvette Schumer was the name of the lady I worked for in New York. And I said, do you know of anything available? I'm available to be an assistant uh, at a casting company at a theatrical agency. <laughs> and he said, well, uh, I have a girlfriend, uh, uh, a lady named Sandy Joseph, who ran a uh, talent agency at the time called JHR. Mm -hmm. It's now called KMR. And uh, they need an assistant over there. And I thought... Oh, oh, for no. God's sakes. <laughs> I said theatrical. My teeth smoke. I said the yeah, those teeth, you got to get those teeth done. Available world, here yeah. we are. Yeah. And uh, I had to pay the rent on the, the nice place I was lucky enough to yeah. live in mm -hmm. and for this sled of a car. And uh, so I went and uh, met with uh, Sandy and her partner and with uh, Cindy Kazarian, Stallone's uh, yeah. KMR, mm -hmm. and went to work as an on-camera assistant. And I really found out once I moved to California what work meant. Yes. Uh, at that time, uh, the commercial business uh, on camera was popping. Mm -hmm. It was a considerably less uh, um, uh, talent pool than there is now. Right. And the three assistants, uh, our group of three, we were there every night until after 10 o'clock. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, if, you'd always leave at six o'clock in New York. I mean, I have to be uh, go have dinner at Joe Allen's. And what play am I going to see, even though like, I'm uh, flunky I... of the year at this office? <laughs> I come out here. I'm in Hollywood, in the depths of Hollywood. I mean, it was so the 1980s. Yeah. It was the worst time there. I mean, all that horror in the 70s finally caught up. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I thought, my mother, you're in the door stick to it. And after about, uh, well, it seemed like nine years, but it was about nine months, mm -hmm. uh, they mentioned to me they were going to let go of a voice agent they had. 
And because they just brought in another one, a man named Don Pitts. Mm -hmm. And I got to know Don and he always said to me, I'd love to have you come work back here with me. And it was uh, just after the first of the year of 1986 uh, that they let go of this other person. And uh, he brought me back and I guess I more or less was made uh, what could be called a junior agent at mm -hmm. that time, uh, which was primarily working in the booth and then uh, a full agent by the middle of that year, and that was the start. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, that's why I got a job in a commercial <laughs> agency. That's why. Mom knows best. Right. Yes. I get it. Yes. I see the, uh, the, the, you don't know how to turn down good opportunities. Mm. Even though they paid a buck 380, I mean, literally. Yeah. But it's so cool to see how the pieces fit into place. It's so neat when you reflect a, on where you've been, you know, how it all just was it, such a guidepost. To you're right. That. It was just kismet in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, person or lady who had been the other agent, if she hadn't turned out to be not a very good person, totally. she could have still been there. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, they, they had an assistant who stayed a while longer. Maybe I would have had a shot at it later, mm -hmm. but no, it was just the right moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, Don, bless him, still with us. Uh, was just uh, uh, really a joy to work with. He was about as unique a character as I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've even said to him, the only person I've known even up to this time who speaks in triplicate. Uh, it was always sort of a rhetorical thing, so he'd remember your name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paul, Paul, Paul. Just so he knew <laughs> it's Paul. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> just to I clarify. And I that. find sometimes that I do that because I've... <laughs> the same way. Well, he's been mentioned many times on this show. Well, he's he should be. God knows he worked with helped, enough people. Yeah, yeah, yeah he helped exactly. a lot of people. And he, uh, uh, he taught me how to work in the booth, mm -hmm. and which uh, at the time were reel-to-reel tape, cutting it with a, a razor blade. Were you cutting tape? Yeah, not too well, yeah. but I did my best mm -hmm. uh, considering. And that's how you got these auditions out. And uh, learning how to, you know, uh, hawk copy, get more copy in and mm -hmm. opportunities. Uh, at the time, uh, we had some good character people who worked quite a bit in animation. So That's you, when, well, you mm -hmm. said you had to hawk copy? Just come on, we need material here. Uh, send us your uh, copy so we can audition it, please. Oh, okay. We, yeah. uh, uh, wow, we, so you're really going after it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I was taught, Don, how yeah. to do the same thing, too. Right. And, but we had a lot of fun, and, and when we worked late there, I didn't mind it. Uh, I, I was happy to stay till 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Uh, where was I going? I'm single, and uh, uh, this was a golden opportunity. Yeah. And the great thing about Don, uh, he had no issue ever about bringing in new people. Mm -hmm. They virtually were rubber stamped. Uh, I, I didn't have to politic half the room uh, in order to get a client, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it was a new person, a young person. And there was a wonderful group uh, in, in that time in uh, 86, 87, 88 uh, that came up uh, that includes Pamela Adlon mm -hmm. and uh, Pat Laberto and uh, Greg Berger, who had already been sort of established at that point, at least in animation, and uh, a number of other folks. Yeah. And those, those have been now relationships that have gone on over 30 years. Right, right. Uh, so I, uh, I'm very grateful uh, to Don for that. It really was a, a tremendous opportunity. Yeah. And uh, by the end of the 80s, uh, there was the opportunity uh, at Cunningham. Uh, T.J. Escott, who owned the firm for many years, uh, wanted to expand their voiceover department. And 
I'd gotten enough of a reputation at that point, and it was actually Elaine Craig, uh, the casting person, who uh, uh, told TJ about me and who contacted me. I hated leaving Don because he was such a great guy to work with. Yeah. But this was, at the time, and this is no disrespect to Don, who has had, had a perfectly terrific career, Yeah. Uh, it was a step up. Yeah. Big step up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And so over to at then Robertson Boulevard, and, uh, and here we are all these years later, mm-hmm. and all these voiceover people yeah. later. Yeah. But the great thing is coming in, and I, I think there were a few of us who came around uh, as agents in the mid-1980s, and... We were part of a wave where, you know, you're given the responsibility to represent the core clients that exist, have been in the trade for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You now have, you're now part of that responsibility. Uh, but anybody who was smart also knew, hey, maybe we should establish some people of my own mm-hmm. because I can't represent a guy who is currently now what my age is today. Yeah. It's not going to go on forever. Yep. And uh, advertising was demanding a younger uh, mm-hmm. demographic at that time. Uh, and so I ran with it. And, you know, Cunningham, suddenly that, that was the era of Percy Rodriguez and Danny Dark, who were big cornerstones of yep. voiceover in, yep. in the late yeah. 80s. Yeah. And then uh, working with that crew, bringing the crew that I had over at uh, JHR with me, and uh, developing others, uh, new contacts, new opportunities. And... Uh, uh, and really, I guess the next big wave that hit was probably in the mid nineties. You know the nineties still sounds. Then the nineties happened. You know the nineties still sound modern to me, which is scary. Yeah, but because they kind uh, of do. a lot of a lot of good things happen. The eighties sound modern to me. I mean, uh, I can go way back. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the uh, you know uh, we often talk in our office now uh, about the volume of, pardon mm-hmm. that pun, of voiceover talent. Yeah. Uh, uh, I won't even get onto on-camera talent, just right, in Los right. Angeles alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where did all that come from? And that's the benefit of being around, coming from having been in the voiceover part of this for 32 years. Uh, again, when that group of us came up as agents, mostly in the 80s, uh, we wanted to establish a little toehold for ourselves. If you yeah. had, like I said, some smarts, that was a good thing to do. It was sure. wonderful to have the yeah. core clients developed by others and book them, but to also have the opportunity to bring your own people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that opened the door because now here's a younger, newer perspective coming in and I'm gonna respond to somebody younger. I'm gonna react to the ad market, now at that time demanding a different sound. Mm-hmm. Or animation uh, expanding, you know, uh, animation watching that develop over the years yep. where I had the, the original people of animation, the Hal Smiths, Parley Bears, uh, Don had worked with Mel Blanc, mm-hmm. who were the founding fathers of animation. Of we didn't work with Don Messick or uh, uh, Dawes Butler, but they too were that. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and now seeing those careers fade and this wonderful new group of guys come in, primarily guys, not as many women, of course, as has mm-hmm. been traditional, uh, and who had grown up with Mel Blanc, Stan right. Freeberg and that group, and were doing their version of that. Yeah. And 
when we brought them into the trade at that time, and it, it just, well, animation in particular caught on. Animation was cooking when I first started in the mid-'80s. Then we, there was a strike in 1987, uh, which sent a good deal of the syndicated work, what were then the G.I. Joes and Transformers, yeah. up to Canada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that awful uh, period when so much work left. Yeah. But I'm thinking around early 1989, when we first started casting uh, Tiny Toons, that was a, a marker, a real road marker mm -hmm. in how things mm -hmm. were going to change in animation. Yeah. And as the 90s moved along, the Rugrats came along, all these other programs. But I can say now, again, with 32 years perspective and voiceover, looking at what is available in animation I, I never dreamed mm -hmm. on the greatest day in the world that there would be this much opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's never ending. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is. It's... And it's, it's getting even better because mm -hmm. now you have, you know, places like uh, uh, Hulu and Amazon mm -hmm. and Netflix mm -hmm. producing animated right. content. Well, you know, the agent, it's always the, the, the tug of war. On the one yeah. hand, you're thrilled about having more opportunities for your clients. Of course, right. you want those opportunities. On the other hand, uh, our other job, or among our jobs, is setting value uh, for our clients. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, when new things come along, certainly for those of us who remember in the 90s when the gaming came along, we all kind of knew, all right, we're taking this stuff for this, like I call it, the buck 380, mm -hmm. and we're going to get painted into a corner. And we did, uh, because nobody was going to be willing to pay right. a better rate. Right. So you wind up... Uh, having to book more in volume than in single mm -hmm. individuals. Mm -hmm. But now it's it's so wonderfully diversified. And our two animation agents, uh, Kathy Lizio and Pat Kathy, Brady, and yeah. now, and now uh, Brittany uh, in our office, mm -hmm. uh, Weisskopf, have just gone through, like I said, through the roof. The amazing yeah. team. Even with they're the strike incredible. going on now in gaming, there's yeah. still so much going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so that, yeah. that's been wonderful. You trained them well, well Paul. You train exactly. them well. No, and, and, <laughs> I guess I train like, the I don't know if I train the producers and writers well, but, they, <laughs> but but on that note, I mean, well, let me let me go off to this side for a second. So, you know, CESD has been around for for what almost fifty years. Fifty years this year. Yeah. So you and Ken Slevin bought it in two thousand five. Mm -hmm. um, wonderful Ken Slevin who's in New York. Right. What are some of the the highlights? Some of the challenges for you guys as the partners running a bi-coastal agency. Well, uh, you know, running a business, uh, life is uh, making the payroll. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot of hungry mouths to feed yeah. uh, who have hungry mouths to feed. Uh, so that, that kind of brings you back to the basics. We uh, all need revenue uh, uh, to uh, sustain and maintain and keep good people, mm -hmm. good agents, mm -hmm. and who are able to provide great opportunities for our clients. Uh, it's a challenge with everything being so diverse and the fact that setting value has become somewhat more difficult. Um, speaking now in the present day, uh, you know, there's a great deal of, a uh, great number of very good commercials that are now being done non-union. Yeah. We, we have traditionally not uh, pursued that business. Yeah. And uh, uh, going back to, as we were aging kids bringing in people, now, my God, the population of voice talent available just in this city alone. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, tens uh, and tens of thousands. That and the, uh, um, 
I know the Kalmanson's casting keep very accurate number of how yeah. many are available in yeah. Southern yeah. California, and yeah. it, it is now a, a population of a small city. Yeah. And I think it's like over 25,000 or something at this point, maybe well, even more. What's even scarier is, I know we're talking in, voiceover. In well, it, it, talking on-camera work for oh. on-camera commercials, yeah. traditional union commercials, mm -hmm. cast in L.A., L.A. being number one talent pool in the world. Um, the, on average, a casting director receives via the digital submission systems anywhere between five and 7,000 submissions per role. Parole, just submissions. Right. That's what wow. the casting director has to sift through in order to figure out to when they want to call in mm -hmm. on the on-camera audition. Right. Uh, voiceover hasn't quite hit that number, but it's certainly many hundreds who are auditioning for any particular Absolutely. role. Absolutely. Right. It just is that way. Right. What do you think makes, because you were just talking about, I mean, obviously you guys have amazing agents at CESD. Um, and... We're not saying that because we we like them because we do. Yeah. They're good people, Adore them. but they're outstanding agents. They're really really great at what yeah. they do. Thank you. In your opinion, what do you think? What do you think makes a great agent? Well, I, I certainly say this of our, our agents here. Obviously, we have and working with Ken in New York, yeah. our entire voiceover group in New York City. Um, there's a I think a very unique devotion to duty. It really is that old-fashioned term, devotion right. to duty. Mm -hmm. um, they get it, they're on board. You know, we, we all work in environments where, like in any uh, work environment, you kvetch or complain about whatever happens in a given day, but that's necessary in order to just get through the day. Mm -hmm. But uh, our agents, and again, I say this for both coasts, are devoted uh, to uh, getting out, meeting people, if they're in shows, especially back in New York, uh, of seeing them, uh, being available. And the business now, uh, with the, uh, the fact that it's so easy to uh, connect via yeah. the Internet, it's 24-7. Yeah. Right. Our voice agents in either city can be taking calls all weekend. Mm -hmm. Certainly our on-camera agents do. Yeah, so they're constantly being proactive. Oh, they have to be available and on call 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our two animation agents here, uh, uh, out of our three, uh, because Brittany is fairly new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Kathy's been in the trade, and Pat, like myself, for well over 30 years. Yeah. And yeah. those two will be at every opening, anywhere, mm -hmm. and I say the same thing as well uh, for our youth voiceover agents. Yep. And our youth agent here, who in these 15 years she's been with us, has developed into the premier person, Melissa Berger. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she's, at a, she's at Long Day's Journey in Tonight Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> She's there for everything, yeah. and uh, and we're not alone. Uh, other agents do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have that kind of devotion to duty. And look, if our clients don't work, we don't work. Going back okay. to feeding those hungry mouths. Yeah. Yeah. What I love <laughs> is that it's such a comprehensive team, from the agents mm -hmm. to the booth directors to the assistants, the receptionists. Like there, it's it's just this incredible marble <laughs> machine. It's amazing. Village. Yeah. Well, it's voiceover, really uh, uh, you know, uh, it's so funny. I've, uh, uh, for ages before Ken and I bought the agency, uh, I would lobby uh, TJ Escott. Well, you know, we need better booths. Well, you know, why don't we take that space across the hall? You know, we can't do this with just one assistant or two assistants. You know, if we had a booth director, the assistants would be so freed up to do. Mm. 
that's all very nice. Then uh, <laughs> December 31st, 2004 comes along, and suddenly January 1st, 2005 arrives, and I say to myself, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Yeah. Who... Talk about hungry mouth. Who are all these hungry mouths yeah. running see, this empire? This is what I love. <laughs> this is what I love. I mean, and it started when you were a kid in New Jersey, and clearly you come from that cloth that you're not afraid to take that leap. Like, you just go, you know what? You have that whatever, naivete, blind faith, <laughs> ambition, whatever you want to call it. And it wasn't my money then. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you really just, you just take that that step and you don't just get comfortable and complacent. And Are I you think still that's like that? <laughs> He's like, I've just changed. Yeah, He's no changed longer. A little bit. 2005, 12 years ago. We squeezed uh, it out of you. The, Look, uh, uh, if the business is there and you yeah. need the people, you you have them. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's that simple. And we're fortunate, and we, uh, like any company, have a lot of people go in and out. And we're lucky that we have uh, good people in the booths and good assistants, yeah. one of whom we just promoted in Brittany. Right. And right. the, uh, um, uh, and it hasn't always been that way. We encountered turbulence in our flight where we didn't have the best people working yeah. at the time, but fortunately they moved along. Yeah. yeah. And we did what we could. Yeah. What also has helped in the last, uh, however how long it's been technically, so many people are able to record from home. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, by uh, the early 2000s, our lobby, <laughs> we are in a big building with a big atria lobby, as you know. Right looked like O'Hare on Thanksgiving <laughs> Eve and it's snowing. And there are five million people who just got the Hang connection out of Atlanta and don't yeah. know, they ain't going to, to Madison, Wisconsin. Yes. We're not getting out of this airport. Yes. I could just see yes. you in a back office hiding. <laughs> you know, oh, what have we what's done? going on? I mean, there were times that going to the bathroom was running the gauntlet. Right. Yeah. Just going down the hallway because... Right. Bing, 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 bing. And now, and is, it, is it a big difference now? Like uh, Because so many people can record from yeah. home. Yeah. And it's I realize, at I, well, I realize at times too, although we've had work with some people for, like I said, well over 30 years, uh, there are a lot of new faces. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and uh, Melissa Berger in, develop Berger Brennan, uh, in developing the youth department for voiceover uh, has, uh, you know, in the afternoon after school is bringing in the kids. Mm -hmm. Talk about new faces, new faces every week. Exactly. Right. And uh, so with that, it kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, and the booth people are kept busy, even with those who record from home. Yeah, yep. Yep. Exactly. And we, we try, and I think any, any good agency would, tries to have the uh, clients who do record from home come in every so often. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big believer in, uh, uh, dire in, in direction, in preparation, actors preparing. Uh, uh, certainly I've witnessed in, the, in these 32 years, uh, especially in the early years, the casualness about voiceover. Uh, you know, they would prepare for three hours for an hour television uh, drama audition, yeah. uh, but wouldn't pay attention five seconds to a piece of voiceover copy mm -hmm. that could pay for their home, mm -hmm. right. far more than the episodic fee. Right. Uh, and it was a fight. Uh, I go now to the 90s uh, when we uh, were getting far more involved in, in moving our clients to good teachers. Mm. And uh, I would like to sit in uh, on those uh, uh, lessons, even some of the workshops that happened for a full weekend. Mm -hmm. And I would listen to wonderful direction and preparation skills. And, and I thought, God, where was this in 1985 or 86? <laughs> yeah, what I could have right? done with this. Yeah but I was grateful to get it by 1995. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
that helped us a lot in terms of moving things along. We were able to better train our directors and our agents mm -hmm. uh, when they'd go in the booth, uh, particularly in moving things along. Uh, yeah. But if a client is there and has eight pieces of copy to read and half of them are animation characters, uh, it takes a while right. to get through yeah. that. This it is not does. like, it's you know. It's not two seconds yeah. you're out of yeah. here. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, I know you're a big advocate of, of actors staying on the pulse of what's happening in the trends. Um, better. How, how do how do agents and an agency stay on top of that? And you know, because obviously it's easy to say, well, this is how we used to do it, oh, but that isn't easy. always relevant now. So very how do you? Easy. Yeah. So what what yeah. steps do you guys take to stay on the pulse? Because you well, guys are so, I mean, whether it's from social media to just really being fluid. Well, I learned, uh, I picked up on a of, of an aphorism or something from a, I think a, I think it was from a business teacher. I thought it was from a voiceover teacher, but it wasn't. It was from a business teacher uh, along about 1994-95. And he, he was talking, at, even at that time, about reinventing uh, in the workplace. And uh, later on, he went to coin the phrase about, you don't want to become a 55-year-old burger flipper. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, you... Uh, you can't be a Dilbert forever without reinventing. Well, that can be applied to acting as well. Mm -hmm. um, our agents, I know, stay on top of things because they're very steeped. Sometimes you have to hold your breath, but are very steeped in the contemporary culture. They know it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and including the Internet culture and uh, what trends where. Okay. Uh, we've embraced social media. We've had to. Mm -hmm. When social media came along, I knew how old I was when I thought, huh? What? <laughs> Suddenly, Like what? Share who? You know, want to yeah. be entrepreneur of 1995 and look Someone a little old here. Someone poked me. What like, do I, I don't want to like I that. Got I don't that. <laughs> Why should I like that? What's this liking thing? Well, <laughs> and the thing about going back to the liking thing, that's a good point. And, and what I'll take from that is it's real easy for anybody, not just in our trade, but we're speaking of our trade, mm -hmm. to fall in love with your opinion. Yes. This is it forever. You'll defend it. You'll blah, 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 blah. You know what? I accessed a little of the humility I grew up with mm -hmm. and, said, and started to question it. I mean, there are certain things that I like, but they don't affect my business. Uh, but whatever I'm incredibly in love with in terms of a read or something, I really pull back and think, all right, this is what they need. Let's get it. Mm -hmm. This is what we got to get. Right, right. If we want to be in this business, yeah. if we want to reminisce about what it was like in 80, 90, 00, 2010, that's lovely. Yeah. Right. But that's not going to buy us the job today. Right. Yeah, I hear and, you. Uh, yeah. That's what I, uh, I, I get that from all of our agents. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mr. Doherty, I have I like a question. That smile for you, you had sir. before you said that. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna what am actually, I going to get hit with here? I'll actually read to you. Oh, he's this picking is, up the this part, too. This is important. Okay, Paul, so, get ready. So, Stretch. So, kind of Phil Donahue-ish with the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, more and more people are streaming content, mm -hmm. right? Millennials aren't watching TV anymore. They're streaming it all. How are agencies like CESD and even networks or advertising agencies, what are they doing to solve this problem if it is a problem. It is and anything they can. I mean, I think that's why we're throwing so many new technologies. Uh, what is going to get people's attention? Mm -hmm. I always believe content is the key. Yeah. Uh, if it's something interesting and if it plays on the head of a ballpoint pen, people are going to try to watch it. Mm -hmm. If yeah. it's something that engages people, why else have, has uh, Netflix or Amazon or the others, uh, Hulu taken off? Yes, the convenience, 
right. the, what, the technical things you mentioned. But it's good work. It's wonderful work. Yeah. Uh, and we're in an era, and again, it's, it's a whole other interview about what people think of the culture. Yeah. Uh, but the opportunities that are around for actors and the types of roles that are out there that are so challenging right. and cutting edge, right. um, we see the work there. In our, we have a theatrical department that's been booming uh, here and in New York yeah. uh, mm -hmm. because, my God, there are 400 television shows yeah. right. and uh, busiest pilot time uh, in, uh, ever. Um, in commercials, I think what has changed is the runs. There are not as many runs as there once were, yeah. which has been happening over the last three, four, five years. Uh, we find that we have to book more, again, pardon the pun, in volume yeah. uh, in commercials. That one wonderful National Network commercial is not necessarily going to entirely pay for the apartment of the house. Yeah. Right, and run for four years. That's right. Yeah. It happens yeah. uh, at times, but uh, it's a little more infrequent. Mm. Yep. Couple that in voiceover, uh, with the fact that it is very tough for a rank and file voice performer to sustain a long-term commercial career. Mm -hmm. That's not the same in animation. Once you're in and you're versatile, and especially if you had the opportunity to voice uh, 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 characters that the culture picks up on. Mm -hmm. uh, promo has always been limited in the number of people who go into it, although there are more than ever. Um, but in commercial, the palette is big. There are so many good people, good quality actors uh, pursuing this sort of work. It is tough to really sustain a career. Yeah. Uh, and some have found out the way to sustain a career is through doing not just union commercials, but doing non-union commercials. It's the way of the world. Mm -hmm. There's just so much competition. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that exactly answered your question. I think the answer to the question basically is, I don't know. We're trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, We're and be, as that's, we go. that's the thing yeah. about being on top of the culture exactly. and knowing what's mm -hmm. going to work. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, what I was saying in the in the last piece about not falling in love with your opinion. Yeah, it's more important now than ever. Exactly. You really can't. Uh, we can't put up these false walls about you over there uh, who aspire to voiceover, you yeah. can't come in because we're the grand mystic poopahs who judge who comes into voiceover. Mm -hmm. That's been out the wall since the 2000 strike in commercials. Mm -hmm. And suddenly uh, all these people join the uh, web uh, uh, casting uh, right. groups uh, for non-union work. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, the door is thrown open. Yeah. Uh, again, we go to our trying to follow the really bouncing all over the wall ball. Yeah. And then uh, the other important aspect of being an agent, as I talked about earlier, is setting value. How do we set value on right. this where right. uh, yeah, exactly. everybody is going to yeah. uh, uh, do well? Well, and, and that was something we, you know, we were going to talk about is, is, you know, that is so important. And because there's so many different mediums to work in, as agents, as, you know, on that side of the table, how, how do you, what is your approach from your point of view of how do you, fight for that value, how do you, obviously it's it's a union or a non-union issue on some levels. Well, if you're, uh, uh, I mean, obviously in, in a union work, there, there, yeah. there are base rates mm -hmm. uh, that you go to that have been pre-negotiated. In that case, it's a matter of working hard to get the client the opportunity right. and hopefully do whatever we possibly can to influence their hiring. Yeah. Uh, in rank and file voiceover, that's not very easy. Right. Because again, Buyer rules the roost. Whatever they like, they like. Yep. And advertising, you've got a committee judging which voice they're going to use. Yep. 
it's impossible for an individual salesperson, agent, to politic all the people involved mm -hmm. in making this decision. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes they wind up hiring someone who wasn't necessarily thought of as the best, but it's the one that everyone can actually agree upon. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I know when you, when you think about how many people have to come to consensus and how many things that yeah. it really is kind of miraculous <laughs> to even get, pick a, up the to get a book. I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, it's really, it's, it's really pretty I, I incredible. Like to, I like to think, uh, I don't know if uh, I'm fooling myself that uh, if you are with an agency of uh, repute, of which we have any number here in New York, Chicago, and the big cities, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, your material will get listened to first. However, I'm not putting that on a tablet. Uh, I was yeah. taking that down from the mountain. Yep. Uh, who knows who comes along and how they hear someone. Yep. Right. It's so easy. Uh, yep. This goes to, you know, uh, 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 an individual performer, uh, in this case in voiceover, mm -hmm. especially a newcomer, especially somebody aspiring to this who hasn't hit a level in animation or one of the other genres, mm -hmm. um, about constantly reinventing and, and, and f finding something new to do, working with a new teacher uh, uh, or an individual coach, whatever they prefer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the old adage about what's the one thing an actor doesn't get to do enough of, and of course that's act. Mm. And voiceover can be done anywhere, mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, sessions we have to book where the person does it with a blanket over their head in their car, mm -hmm. which has fairly good acoustics. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's a great big oyster, but you gotta shuck it. Right. And yeah. uh, anybody can do it. And, uh, it, you know, don't be afraid of, oh, well, this is the way to do it. I have to do X right now. Yeah. It's the people who push the envelope who are gonna move ahead. There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> current talent, like it or not, there are new people out there and they're coming in every day. And yes, X number of them really don't qualify to beat out those who were the premier people, yeah. but there's some who come along who are remarkable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sort of, where have you been all my life? Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for you. And th those are wonderful moments, uh, uh, as I said earlier, and seeing it happen over the decades when a particular person comes along and you have that look and that feel and you think, I don't think I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. This is something that has, wow. Yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. can do something here if this person is interested. Right. Well, obviously, talent is king or queen. Um, but having a business acumen, having that entrepreneurial spirit, well, how important do you think that is? I think it's very important, it but not, every, not everybody's born with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and I don't know if uh, a culture of acting always dictates that, although there are plenty of wonderful entrepreneurs who come along. We see how many actors have turned into directors and producers, mm -hmm. uh, be it in, in uh, movies, television, or on stage. Uh, the, the old British actor-manager used to run the, uh, uh, the repertory company mm -hmm. uh, and, and act in the plays as well. Um, I wish more actors were. There are some actors I can think of who I wish were entrepreneurial because they're so gifted. Yeah. yeah, and that combination of what we do and what they do is remarkable. But that's something you can't teach. Mm. You can teach certain elements of voiceover about uh, an approach, preparation, new characters, if there's ability there. 
I've never been able to teach two things. I even find this with my own kids. Uh, <laughs> Write this down. You can't learn this stuff. Learning how to be an entrepreneur mm. and being politic. Mm. Uh, yeah. You're teaching right. so, and I'm talking I'm talking politics obviously with a small P. Yeah. Right. The only way you can kind of do that is have a parent you got a politic from the time you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> Yeah. You find it in a teacher or some other way. Yeah. I wish more would learn that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found that too that some people have like job mentality mm -hmm. and other people have business mentality, you know? Mm -hmm. They they don't mind some people are like, no, I wanna work nine to five and then I'm done. That's and I right. get a check at the end of the week, right. and I'm really happy and content and that's safe. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, and that's not entrepreneurial. Right. Uh, well, and acting uh, is not the nine to five. No. Uh, it's, it's the twelve to twelve. Uh, <laughs> considering yeah. the jobs that are around, you know, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Well, that ends part one with Paul Doherty, but. We are going to be back next week with part two, so check it out. We will. You don't want to miss it. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. We love you guys. Thanks so much for watching. And just remember, you, you always have, have time for a little buzz. Come on, come on, come on and get buzzed with us. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voice of a demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.